The Collindale Gazette is the new podcast from Brian and Rogers' Dan Skinner. If you've got a story for the Collindale Gazette, leave a message, and if we like what we hear, we'll get back to you. I wonder if any of your readers would be interested in this. It's quite personal. Um, I've never told anyone this, but I've never had much luck in life. So search for The Collindale Gazette wherever you get your podcasts. You won't regret, you might regret it. Cheese and pickle. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cheese and pickle. Brian and Roger by Dan Skinner and Harry Peacock. Hi Roger, it's Brian. I enjoyed that. I'm glad a bus took us there though, because uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. I was... um, Wedge between a lady who works in a cat sanctuary, um, who I, I'm pretty sure wanted to have sex with me, and another lady who was so stupid, looking into her eyes was like looking into a pigeon's eyes. She was quite arrogant, which I found very annoying. And the bloke next to you, if, if, if you'd said it was Douglas Hurd, I would have believed you. It was incredible how much he looked like Douglas Hurd. But I, I saw you trying to start a conversation. But he wasn't playing ball, was he? I I had a very long, intense chat uh, when we were herded into sort of sizes in those big tents with a bloke who worked on an oil rig. Um, we talked about car insurance. Um, I was exhausted by the end of it exhausted I'm an alien I think Uh, a lot of whispers flying around nothing concrete a guy called Adam who said he was a third whatever that is said it's um, a sci-fi epic based on As You Like It by Shakespeare do you know if you're an alien or a peasant or or a centaur because I saw them measuring up some of the taller chaps to be centaurs.
All right, mate. Speak soon. Bye. Hello, Brian. Uh, it's Roger here. Uh, yes, what a day. It's so interesting, isn't it, to see the uh, the mechanics and the logistics of a big movie set up close and, you know, close quarters or, and what have you. Um, I'm a centaur, which, um, which I'm really, is really cool. I can't wait to tell Jamie, actually. I think he'd be quite impressed by that. Um, yeah, Michael, he looks, he really does look like Douglas Hurd, doesn't he? I did actually say to him how much he looked like Douglas Hurd, and he said I wasn't the first person uh, to say that to him. And then he told me that Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman were in the film, and I thought he was going to say that Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman had said that he looked like Douglas Hurd, but um, no, he was just uh, telling me that uh, they were in the film. Uh, and then he went on to tell me that he'd been involved in sort of a big car accident a few years ago and that he'd lost his wife. And I didn't know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really know what to say after that. We just we were stuck on the bus together. Anyway, he's a centaur too. I'm going in for makeup tests uh, day after tomorrow and they've asked me to keep my facial hair, so I shall do that. And I suppose if you're an alien, you'll be going in for makeup tests um, at some point as well, soon. Anyway, it's really exciting, isn't it? I'm really glad we've done this. Um, can't wait to actually be on the set and see all the magic happen. Um, yeah, great. All right, mate. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Hi, Roger. It's Brian. Um, yeah, I'm going in for makeup tests and uh, chemistry tests, uh, which is to be part of a family of aliens. I also heard that David um, Bautista from um, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, the big one. He's playing Charles the Wrestler. And Army Hammer is playing Oliver, the, the brother. And, and they've been training and practising scenes in zero gravity. But I, I got this from Carly, the um, cat sanctuary lady, who seems quite unstable. Um, she says she's... Um, setting up an animal festival which is going to be bigger than Glastonbury. I, the one thing I, ha I have picked up on uh, is that all these people are, seem to be at a crossroads in their lives and they all have very unrealistic ambitions and seem quite lonely. Weirdos, basically. Carly doesn't stop talking, ever. But it's all good fun. Um... I've got to be at Charing Cross Station tomorrow at 7am uh, to be collected by the bus. Is that what you've been told? It's all a bit confusing, isn't it? All right, mate, speak soon. Bye. Hello, Brian. It's Roger here. Um, I thought I'd check in because um, I noticed you were having quite a heated debate with Carly. She won't leave you alone, will she? Blimey. Oh, mate, I wish you'd been there when Dave Batista walked through the tents he was so loud and charismatic and he kept shouting don't mind me but you know in, in american because we're all in different states of undress and he was saying nothing i haven't seen before it's really funny everyone was uh, laughing and army hammer um was just being quite quiet with a small grin he was just watching you know and then suddenly dave batista shouted shit army here's your guy man and he and he pointed at me and so Army walked over to me and he just stared at me and then he burst into laughter and he started slapping his thighs and then he told me not to move and he walked off. So I'm just stood there. So I didn't move. A few minutes passed and this American lady who looks a bit 
like a chipmunk, so it was curious features. And she told me she was Army's PA and if I'd like to join Army for lunch in his trailer. And I said I'd have to clear it with Ian, the supporting artist coordinator. But she didn't seem to think it was an issue. So I said, yes, OK, I agreed. So she took me to his um, trailer, which was like this like spaceship it was so weird and black and stuff and she knocked on the door and shouted i've got roger you know which shocked me because she'd remember my name and nobody ever remembers my name and then army opened the door and he, he says come on in roger um so i did and he was sitting on this chaise long in tracksuit bottoms and he had no top on and his hair was sort of pinned back and he was smoking and then the loo flushed and out stepped jake gillenhall in full makeup, and he, Jake was like, you could see I was flustered. He just said, no, just just relax. You, you know how they, good they are at that sort of stuff. So Army then informed me that he was making a film after this one called For the Love of God, about a man who's seriously considering suicide. And it's set in Isha, in Surrey, and it's being directed by this guy called Steve McQueen. So he's been searching for someone to base his character on, and... Asked if I wouldn't mind, if I wouldn't mind, could he come and live with me for four weeks? He said he'd pay me two grand a week and he'd have his food delivered. And his only remit was that I was to imagine he wasn't there and just do whatever I do from day to day and let him observe me. He said he didn't need an answer immediately and just to sort of let his PA know once I'd made the decision. I've got no idea what to do, Brian. I mean, I'm not going to tell Anne that Army Hammer's coming to stay with us. Oh, what do you think? OK, mate, uh, speak soon. Bye bye. Hi, Rog, it's Brian. Um, basically, I, th I think you should do it. I think you should do it. I did read something the other day, I forget where, which said he eats people. So I don't I don't really know what to make of that. I, th I think he only eats women, though. So I suppose you're OK. Uh, yes, I, w I was having an argument with Carly. We've been paired up as an alien husband and wife and uh we've got 12 children four of whom aren't children they're dwarves she um carly is uh impossible uh, she's just not someone i would ever choose to spend time with and she's mad and paranoid and aggressive and it's a terrible cocktail, and I, I'm really regretting doing this now, which is a shame because it hasn't even started yet, and I can tell neither of us will back down, and the, the dwarves are already on her side, so I'm just constantly arguing with everyone. Um, but look, maybe you could speak to Army about the Silk Route Autobahn or, or, or just set up a meeting with him but, but before you're not allowed to talk to him. All right, mate. Cheers. Speak soon. Bye. Hello, Brian. Uh, it's Roger here. Um, yes, yeah, so... I was a bit disconcerted by what you said, so I thought I'd better Google Army Hammer. Um, and, yeah, it, it does say in some of the reports that he is a cannibal. But then in other reports it says he's not. Um, so it's, you know, it seems it's a bit of a, a, bit of a tough one. Um, it's a little bit hard to place this, sort of cannibalism. But it does, the, ones, the reports that said he was a cannibal said that he only eats women. So... It's not me that I'm actually worried about. It's Anne. I don't want um, I don't want her to sort of wake up with chunks taken out of her, you know. So I think I'd have to clear this whole thing with Anne. Um, 
just sort of give her the heads up. I'm sure when I tell her the sums of money, she'd sort of be quite keen to get the ball in motion despite the threat of being eaten. But also she loved the social network as well. So on that front, you know, it won't be too hard a sell. Um, but maybe it will, you know, I've been eaten. Um, oh, I don't know what to tell her, mate, honestly. I don't know, actually. I don't know what I'll do. Uh, look, mate, I'm sorry you've been paired up with the lady from the cat sanctuary and that you're at loggerheads with the dwarves playing your children. Uh, Brian, yes, it's a headache you don't need, mate. OK, speak soon. Bye-bye. Hello, Brian. It's uh, Roger again. Uh, just a quick one, just to um, say it's um, it's funny that we're on the same film, but we just don't see each other. Um, it's, it's it's weird, isn't it? So how big it is. I suppose aliens and centaurs are probably on different planets. So uh, that's probably the reason for that. Okay, mate. Bye-bye. Hi, Roger. It's Brian. Things have um, taken a serious nosedive, my end. We, we we did a scene where we, um, as a family, had to run down a, a hill together to greet uh, Jayquees and the Duke and his band of brothers. And we'd been told to be very happy and, and joyful. Um, and it was suggested that I throw one of my children in the air. So um, Darren, one of the dwarves, um, agreed that he should do it rather than one of the kids, which made a lot of sense. Anyway, um, I suppose the adrenaline kicked in when they said action, and um, we hadn't really talked it through enough, but I just launched Darren into the air whilst running uh, downhill, and, and I fell over, but Darren's fractured his hip, and uh, he's now in hospital. Um, he's in a pretty bad way. Apparently, he's been struggling with addiction issues and uh, it's obviously the last thing he needed. But anyway, um, once the St. John's had taken Darren off, um, they asked Julian if, if he wouldn't mind doing it. Um, he's another one of the dwarves playing my, my kids. And, um, and, you know, we... We choreographed it a bit into the run where I just picked him up and had him on my hip and I, I, I ran with him and then put him down when we arrived at the correct mark, you know. But at showbiz, I suppose, we did it about six times. I was absolutely fucked by the end of it. And Carly actually was, was really good about it all, um, which surprised me. She was very kind... And Marcelino, my other dwarf son, um, he really opened up and he, he told me about his time in a Bulgarian circus when he was a child and um, the clowns put him in a ball and played football with him. And they did three shows a day. Poor fucker. You know, Bulgaria's great if you want to bribe a politician to get a road built, but not great if you're a, a young dwarf in a circus. Yeah, you know, he's obviously very traumatised, but he's got an amazing array of skills. He He's a knife thrower and um, he can juggle, obviously. But look, Rog, I've, um, I've heard a few other rumours about Army Hammer, which I, I think you should know about. I don't think he's the happiest Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, if you know what I mean. 
So give me a ring. All right, mate. Speak soon. Bye. Hello, Brian. Uh, it's Roger here. Um, I'm just keeping my voice down because um, cause Army's moved in and um, you never know quite where he is in the house. Um, he, he gets his food delivered every morning um, by his driver. It's, it's mainly seeds and pills and very odd-smelling drinks. Um, and he's set up in the garage. He's, he's sleeping in a see-through Perspex box with air holes. I mean, I have no idea why, but that's what he's chosen to do. I offered him my bed, but he said, no, no, he's all right in the box. Um, so I had to go to the benefits office and then to Iceland to pick up some bits and bobs, and he shadowed me, which basically means he just sort of followed me without saying anything. And initially it was really, really quite weird and odd but we're two days in now and i'm kind of getting used to it so um you know that's all it is so far so good um i'm really sorry to hear about darren poor bugger um and marcelino as well god that sounds terrible it doesn't bear thinking about that's awful um and good to hear carly's growing on you that's uh that's great army's told the arden production team not to use me anymore and army says he's done most of his scenes and he's just concentrating for the love of god now so uh i won't be back i don't think she's really gutting but um you know i can't turn down two grand anyway mate um good luck speak soon bye-bye hi roger it's it's brian so i am um, i had sex with carly i i was feeling really uh low about fracturing Darren's hip and um, she offered me a lift so we went back to her cat sanctuary and uh, I spent the night there I slept better than I've slept in a long long time and she made breakfast and um, smelt of cat wee a bit but I soon adjusted uh, look, look Rog apparently Army Hammer kidnaps people and then he eats them not all of them, but just bits, bits of them. I, I don't know what bits, and I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if he's put the the kibosh on those habits. But I just think you should know. Um. Okay, mate. Speak soon. Hello, Brian. It's Roger. Army has Army's coaxed me into his perspex box. Um. He told me he wanted to show me something. I was quite reluctant, and I said. I had some soup on the hob and, and he didn't buy it at all. He just said to me, you don't have any soup on the hob, Roger. Why are you lying to me? It was really scary, actually. So I tried to slip off, but he got me and then I just went limp and he put me in his Perspex box. Anne's glued to Frasier, so I couldn't get her attention. In fact, I think Army's watching Frasier with Anne now because I can hear intermittent canned laughter coming through the floor. I'm not sure what his plans are, mate. But my worry is he might want to eat me or eat Anne or bits of her anyway, and I'm not sure what to do. Um, well, if you could just help me with a plan of action, mate. Okay. Um, uh, okay, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Hi, Roger. It's Brian. Christ on a bicycle. Okay. Um, look, he's obviously planning to eat one of you, isn't he? Um... Okay, okay, so look, first things first. Did you tell Anne that Army Hammer eats people? Because if she knows, maybe she's playing long ball 
watching Frasier with him, you know, lulling him into a, a false sense of security and then working out a way to escape, hopefully taking you with her. Secondly, is there a key to the Perspex box? How are you locked in? Is there any way you could get out via force? Is there a, a bedpan or a stool or something you could use to smash your way out? Um, uh, you, you, you could engage with him in conversation about social network, um, you know, playing his own twin brother, how they went about that. Was was there a brother he preferred playing? Did he approach both parts differently, etc.? You know, th- then ask him um, to do a wee and be and be really needy and weak, and and then when he lets you out, go fucking apeshit and gouge his eyes out and stamp on his legs and then and get Anne and then just just get the fuck out of there. All right, mate. Speak soon. Good luck. Bye. Hello, Brian. It's Roger here. Um, I'm still in the perspex box, but I decided to go against your advice because I don't I don't really have it in me, mate. To hit him over the head with a bedpan or a stool um i just i just i can't visualize that and no i didn't tell Anne about army eating people because quite honestly i just didn't know how to go about doing that um you know and she was keen to meet him as well and and also i said i'd give her half the money so you know Amazingly, she hasn't seemed to have noticed that I'm in here. Um, she doesn't seem to notice when I'm not in the house, so there's no reason why she would know I was in a perspex box in the garage. She doesn't come in the garage very often, really, and Army's obviously me making her tea and, you know, looking after her and stuff, which is very cunning, really. I chatted to him for ages earlier. I think he's very aware that I'm trying to put him at ease so I can suggest he lets me go and then run off, but he's he's no fool. So I'm just going to be patient. He wanted to talk about various casting directors who never gave him the time of day, and he's got a real bee in his bonnet about Ryan Gosling. I mean, I said I thought he was great in the new Blade Runner film, and he said to me, well, it's no food for you tonight. Yeah, he really didn't like that. So there's a bit of an impasse. Um, but instincts are telling me that patience is better than violence in this, in, in this uh, situation, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to wait it out in the box and see what happens. Okay, mate. Hopefully speak soon. Bye-bye. Hi, Roger. It's Brian. I hope you're feeling better. Um, I know you're back at Anne's, which is great. I know the rescue mission took it out of you, but we got him in the end, didn't we? We only let him go once he agreed to record an advert for the Silk Route Autobahn project. I said I'd let him go and wouldn't tell the press that he kidnapped you and was planning to eat Anne. And he's still very keen to win an Oscar, so the cunt played ball. Um, yeah, um, so so what happened was I, I, I mentioned your situation to Julian after you'd called me from the Perspex box. Um, Julian's the son who's pretending to be my son in this sci-fi. And uh, he immediately wanted to help out, as did Marcelino and Derek, um, the other dwarves playing my kids. And the plan initially was just to break into Anne's and chloroform Army Hammer in his sleep. But he obviously... You know, 
got to you and he had the knife at your throat, but Marcelino is a pretty deadly aim from his days in the circus and he got him straight in the head with a mini baby bell, um, which gave us the time to, to jump in and, and bundle him into the car. I, I know you took the hit, mate, but he didn't cut you that badly, but it, it must have been a hell of a shock. Um, anyway, I got him to record the advert and um, I packed up the Perspex box and I, I've left it in Anne's garage. All right, cheers, mate. Bye. Hi, my name's Army Hammer. You might know me from various films like The Social Network or the recent remake of Rebecca. And I'm here to talk about an opportunity. An opportunity to change your life. The Silk Route Autobahn is an investment opportunity which has been waiting to happen since Genghis Khan first invaded Constantinople and became even more apparent when Marco Polo returned from the Orient with pasta. For some reason, it's taken this long for somebody to seize this opportunity, but finally, somebody has, and you can be part of it. Brian Goodwin's project to build a four-lane motorway, starting in Eastern Europe and ending in Mongolia, has been a vision of his since the Berlin Wall came down. Numerous investors are teetering on the edge of plowing huge sums into this obvious cash cow. I personally have invested 50,000 pounds, and I intend to get all my Hollywood pals to chip in, which I know they will. And if you want to be part of this, then please contact Brian Goodwin on his email, Goodwin at silkrootinvestments.com, all one word, and get your ball rolling. Thanks for listening. Written by and starring Dan Skinner and Harry Peacock. Produced by Joel Morris. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.